for that. So come to the prayer meetings. Let's keep praying. Let's keep believing. You know, we prayed for a whole bunch of stuff. We prayed for our youth and what we would like to see. We prayed for our community and what we desire. You know, let's not... You know, God will do... You know, I mentioned last week, He'll do even more than we could think or imagine. So let's not allow our dreaming to limit what God wants to do. Amen? So we come together and we pray and we start to dream stuff that we think is nigh impossible. Anyway, talking about nigh impossible, I've asked Grace to quickly share. Um, Grace, who's been painting away over here, um, she has been gallivanting across the countryside, uh, painting for Jesus. So she's been to the UK. She recently was in Fiji and has had a wonderful time to minister with brothers and sisters that we don't know, but our spirits testify, yeah, we're one in spirit. And so I've asked her to uh, quickly <laughs> share some of that journey. That's <laughs> what it is, you know, a miracle, as if I can be quick. So the highlight in England, so I've been with Sounds of the Nations for some years and Roma was doing a worship conference in England, in Hull, with the directors of UK Sounds of the Nations. And I presented, so I painted, I painted three paintings and I did um, two workshops, two workshops. The highlight there was this chap in his 70s who had a 40-year quest answered, he, like he understood what it was yeah. all about. Amen. So that was pretty cool. England is very cool, very professional, all that sort of stuff. Then we get to Fiji three weeks later. Fiji is also with Roma, a Sounds of the Nations conference. And it was just extraordinary, the passion and fervour and heart yeah. of the Fijian worship people yeah. was just... And it was the whole thing was so humbling because of their passion and fervour. And they got nothing, like, anyway... Wind me up about this, you know, about the Fijian iniquities, and I'll just keep going. Um, <laughs> I, I got to, so I spoke, and I presented th two workshops. That's what I did while I was there, and I painted a painting. So God had said to do this warrior. So prophetic painting has to be edifying, exhort, exhorting, or comforting, as in, you know, all standard for prophetic is all this stuff. So you can kind of relate that to nice picture, like what my husband would say. This is just so wrong to ever say to an artist. A nice picture. <laughs> Never say nice picture to an artist, just saying that. But anyway, it's, it's really... E what? Yeah. So, so I had this kind of notion, this is not a nice picture. It's this big guy yeah. um, who, who's got a a lump of ham on his arm, but he's got, and he, he's a real guy, I know him, um, with a big tattooed cross and tribal markings and things. And I'd taken some photographs of him about three years ago. I was going to enter the Blake Prize for Religious Art. I was going to do it very large, and I never did. And this is what God said to go to Fiji with and paint. So here he is, he's standing here with this. So anyway... I was very reticent about it because it's not a nice picture. Never let it be said that I go and do <laughs> nice pictures. But anyway, I, because I have very little understanding of Fiji and if I go there with my white, you know, what am I? But anyway, it just from the very minute I got there became apparent more and more and more that what God was saying was about warfaring in terms of what people's possibilities thinking were and their, to do with their identity. Come on. So while we were there, I painted this painting over three days, which I've never done before. I've spent the whole three days doing one painting. And then on the third day, so it was the last session I get to actually speak, and I explained a little bit about me and a little bit about what the painting was about and that I believed that they needed to warfare for their families, for their country, the iniquitous stuff is in their country and that we needed they needed to dance warfare dance so it's a different thing there's a praise dance and <laughs> we sing praise songs and they have got praise and worship oh my goodness they could teach every white person on the face of the planet so much they just know it but for some reason they don't warfare and that's 
it, it's actually impacting their entire country and that's impacting them on the inside of their, their down here and who they believe they are. So we actually roared and I tell you what, there's Fijian water and there must be Fijian water because boy there's some big boys over there. They breathe them big. Like the worship leader, you've got to be six foot four and I reckon he's about that wide. And like, anyway. So they, they let out this roar. We had a fire tunnel, which was, you know, always amazing. And they let out this roar that was just extraordinary. So I came home and I didn't understand why this roar thing. And I don't know why it comes out of me sometimes, but I know it's not my head doing it. I just sometimes is there. And it's to do with releasing the sound of heaven. And years ago, and I'm, I'm being quick. Okay, I'm 30 seconds more. Years ago, I was in Brisbane um, we, we, on a motorbike and it blew out a back tyre, which was, it was a mar- mar- miraculous that we didn't just die. But anyway, we had to wait for, uh, for somebody for a couple of hours and it gradually got dark. And it just so happened that we were outside a lion park. And as it got dark... These lions start to talk to one another. And it is the most, <clears throat> in the dark, when you think that they're right next to you, it's the most extraordinary thing. I've, that's the only time I've ever heard something with that kind of power, excuse me, <coughs> come out of somebody. And we talk about the Lion of Judah releasing his roar of victory and this roar, and it's something to do with releasing. So all of this warfare thing in Fiji was about releasing this roar of victory. And it was just amazing. And I, just, just by the way, I think I actually got to speak into the destiny of a country because they're going to get into politics. Can you repeat that? Yes. I, want, I want you to repeat that. That. That phrase. I think I got to speak into the destiny of a country. I, I, I want to leave that with you because I want to talk about some stuff today. Because when someone says, I think I've got to speak into the destiny of that country, if I was to ask a show of hands... How many of you said, amen, that's awesome? And how many of you on the inside, yeah, said, yeah, that's nice, that's great, you know? Yeah, I, I reckon that, I, I don't think it would be split 50-50, <laughs> yeah? I'd suggest that in our fleshly man or woman, that the greater percentage would be like, spoke into the destiny of the country, did you, Grace? Well... Good on you, love. Well done. Let's see how that works out. Yeah? I'm just putting it out there because God wants to shift some stuff in us. Yeah? It starts with us. Because did you know each and every one of us has the ability to do something that Grace is suggesting that she just did, that she spoke into the destiny of the country. When you look at men and women of God in years gone past, they weren't special people, you know. They were mums and dads. They were missionaries. They were pastors. They were carpenters. They were people like us that heard the voice of God, were obedient to him and spoke what he said to them. And all of a sudden, you know, people are still writing and talking about, you know, if you look at the US, Abraham Lincoln, even as the president, some of his words in relation to their faith wasn't a special man other than he was in tune with God, yeah? So I just want to leave that with you because I think that's awesome, Grace. I think that's awesome. I, I think as I get older, and I was reminded that I'm getting older because the other day, I know some of you are older than what I am and so now I'm starting to feel how you, how you feel. But <laughs> I was sharing with someone yesterday at the boys' football game that I had been to a 50th birthday party. And without skipping a beat, the wife, there was a husband and wife, the wife pulls out an invitation. She goes, we've just been invited to a party. She goes, we're going to a 40th. She goes, the 50th, that must be the, the age and the circle of people that you're with. And the 40th, this is the people that we're... That's right. Like, it's like, are you serious? If it was possible... That part of the Italian came up and I felt, I felt like my dad, my hand raised like that, you know, like, how dare you? But as I get older, I'm certainly finding more and more that God wows me, you know, he just wows me. Um, it's not that I'm surprised by what he does, but I am surprised by what he does. It's just more a sense of wow, 
a sense of wonder, a sense of awe, yeah? And I've been thinking in and around that all week because of a particular song that came up in my car as I was playing it. And it just started to, I guess, to stir within me a reality of what God wants to do with me and in me, but what He wants to do with Mount Clear Church of Christ. You could put any church's name in there and you could put yourself in that picture. It's the reality of what He wants to do in you and through you and what He wants to do in the church community that you're involved with. Yeah, and because that affects the greater community at large. So I was really challenged by that song. And so, as always, if I'm going to be challenged by it, I'm not selfish. I'm going to share it with you. Because if God wants to share it with me, then I'm going to share it with you and you can carry it with me. Amen? I think that's only fair. But here are the lyrics of the song. It's called Wonder from Bethel. May we never lose our wonder. Think about the words for a minute. Actually, just for a second... Just make me happy. Close your eyes. If you don't know how to close your eyes, ask the person next to you and they'll give you an example of what that looks like. It's really easy. You get your eyelids and you close them. You don't look anywhere else but inside your eyelids. It's really cool stuff, right? But may we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child staring at the beauty of our King. Because you are beautiful in all your ways. King of kings, you are beautiful in all your ways. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes, you'll see him. You are beautiful in all your ways. Open the eyes of our heart to see you, God. May we be just like a child. And it goes on again. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. You can open your eyes again now if you keep them closed for too long. If you're like me, you could doze off. My wife tells me I do it all the time, in a second, in the blink of an eye. Honey, you know what, what? You started to breathe heavy. I go, no, I didn't. She goes, you were sleeping. I go, it was not. She goes, I don't know how you do that. You just sat down. Like, literally, you just sat down. You just drank a coffee, and we were just talking, and then... <laughs> I don't know if it's a gift or if it's a curse. <laughs> When I'm driving, it's a curse. When I'm at home, it's a gift. You know, it really depends where you're at, I guess. But may, may we be just like a child, yeah? Just like a child. So I want to I play with that just a little bit this morning. So Father, I just ask that you would have your way, that you would speak to us, that you would challenge me, that you would challenge each and every one of us, that you would do something, Lord God, that would have us growing in you, that you would teach us something brand new, that we won't be the same the same way we were that when we walked in, but Lord God, more so that we would be grabbing hold of you with all of our might, all of our tenacity, Lord, as we walk and journey with you and as we become more like you from strength to strength and glory to glory. So have your way this morning, we pray. So how does a, how does a child stare? Like, you know, may we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child staring at the beauty of our King seen a child stare like it's almost intimidating and they're only three or four or five or ten they just look at you and they'll do this you know we may as well use the church it's like this they'll see you and they'll be like and you're going samuel nathan turn around yeah 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 and they keep not anyone ever experienced that seriously it's just like Like they, just, they do, they just stare like that, don't they? Staring at the beauty of our king, completely mesmerized in awe, in wonder of whatever it is that they've, that's captured their attention, yeah? Kids. So I, I've got a video that I want to show because it can be a little bit Christmassy in parts, but I want you to capture the look on the face, faces, just the wonder about normal things, yeah? Just to put us in a zone. So if we can have the lights, Ollie, that'd be good, and some volume, and Bob's your uncle. And for some of you, he probably is.
I wonder. I just love that clip. It came across, you know, emails that I get, and I, I had to get it. Because I know it was Christmassy, but there's just this thing where, in all of it, whether they were old or they're young, just stuff just captured their attention, yeah? You know, and there's some priceless ones in there with the little girl and some others, you know? Even the old man just sitting there looking at an old video. It could have been grandkids, could have been him. You know, like that for me just moves my heart. Just captured as he remembered, just this sense of awe and sense of wonder. So for us as, as, as his children, and as father's children, when was the last time that we looked at Papa with wonder like that? Not just knowledge, yeah? Knowledge is good, but they can't fit everything that even Jesus did here. So it's a starting point. When was the last time we looked at him with just awe and wonder? Just sat with him, blown away, totally amazed, transfixed like a child staring at the beauty of his king, yeah? I guess that song, the lyrics of that song, that's why it says, may we be just like a child, you know? I think sometimes as adults, we just lose the ability to wonder because of stuff that happens every day in the world, things that we've experienced that we're remembering and all sorts of stuff. And it seems to rob us of this ability of just having a sense of awe when it comes to him. You know, kids stare. Kids are amazed. Oh, they just are. They're impressed. Easily impressed. <laughs> I love impressing my kids. Sometimes the impression becomes um, really embarrassing for them, though. <laughs> Ever done a dance when you're at bowling because you've got a strike? I remember they used to love that. They didn't like that on yesterday, no. <laughs> Not at all. Like Samuel was like, I can't believe it. There's a girl over there. She's from my school. So? You're so embarrassing. I can't believe it. Mum, what do you tell him? I got thought they'd love it. I even did the Hunger Games at one of the strikes. I did the old, just stood there, you know? And he's like, no, Dad, I can't believe it. Like, they're also easily embarrassed. But they just stare. They're amazed, you know? I guess that's why... It says in Matthew, in chapter 18, verses 2 and 3, he called a little child to him and placed a child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. You know, I, I wonder if it's, I wonder, the other wonder, whether it's all about the wonder that we have of the king, that a child has the ability to stare and be amazed. You know, Psalm 40, verse 5 says, many, Lord my God, many, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of all your deeds, they would be too many to declare. So many wonders that there are too many to talk about. So many wonders that there are too many to declare. I guess that's what the, the passage of Scripture is saying. Too many things that make us, make us just wonder that we can't mention them all. I love it because I had to have a look at the, the meaning of the word wonder and it means a feeling of amazement, admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable or unfamiliar. Similar words are awe, admiration, wonderment, fascination. That's, that's wonder that, and he's done too many wonders. That we just can't declare them all. He was singing, or I was singing a song in my car that says, you know, may we never lose our wonder. You know, looking through the, the eyes of a child, staring, staring at our king. You know, maybe, just maybe, here's a thought. We have to be like children so that we can look into the spiritual world and see what Papa's doing. Maybe. Maybe we, we have to be like children to be able to see the many wonders that he's done. The, there's so many that we can't even declare them because there's too many. So I think if we do, and then if we can see, we'll be like the faces on the video. You know, like that little girl peeping around and like that, that gentleman just sitting there watching the video, just transfixed. 
And our children see into the spiritual realm, not just the place that we live and we see. You know, Rob mentioned even during our offering, you know, bills and gas and prices and increases and all of that stuff happens all the time. And then you've got the pain and heartache of relationships that work, that don't work, all sorts of stuff that happens, you know, deaths and funerals and parties that you're not invited to, you know, the list goes on and on. And we wonder why we can't wonder. But the kids, kids don't have most of that. It's changing, <laughs> certainly changing, and they seem to be um, burnt by life earlier. But they have this ability just to be able to see into the spiritual realm, into what God has in store for us. So much easier than, than we do. You know, we often pray that, that fathers... The Father's a wonderful Father, we pray, and we often sing that song that He's a good, good Father. But truly, do we have a sense of awe and a sense of wonder? I, I just want to pose the question, because I, I, I think there's so much more to being a Christian than just coming to church and occasionally going to a Bible study. You know, that's not your ticket to heaven. <laughs> when He died on a cross, it wasn't to get us into heaven, it was to have a relationship with Him. And having a relationship with Him, the benefit is we step into eternity. But in that, he then starts to transform us with ever-increasing glory, you know? But so many people seem to be stuck here. He transforms us, transforms us, transforms us. They don't ever step into the ever-increasing glory from strength to strength and glory to glory, eh? There's, there's a life after the cross. Praise God for that. If there wasn't, what a waste of time. Do you imagine? Yes, I've died for my children. How are they going? Still woefully depressed, anxious, angry, unforgiving, unloving, sick, don't pray, don't heal anyone, don't worship me, don't love me. Would have been pitiful. And a lot of the world is still like that. Yeah, thanks Andrew for painting such a wonderful picture this Sunday morning. Have we lost the ability? Have we actually lost the ability to wonder? Have we lost the ability to, to see and think? the way that he thinks, and just to be captivated in awe of him. Have we lost that ability? Just because of life and all of its busyness and all of its hardships. You know, I want to give us some hope today because I think, I think our focus is a little out. I'm going to suggest that our sweeping generalisation, yeah, that always comes back to probably only me, but I'm going to suggest that maybe my focus is a little bit out. Maybe your focus is a little bit out. And because our focus is a little out, the things of earth that are supposed to grow strangely dim, the things of earth grow strangely really bright and loud. Yeah? Maybe that's why there's so many in the church that are reluctant. You tell me of your own experience within church life, not just this church, any church that you've been to over your life that are reluctant to be open, honest and transparent because our focus is a little tainted, yeah? Maybe that's why the inner healing journey that I talked about last week can look so daunting to many of us that we don't want to go there, don't even know where to start, yeah? Maybe it's because our focus is NQR, not quite right. Maybe we're selling ourselves short, not living and experience all that Father has for us. So here's a thought. Let's speak some life, yeah, before we send everybody home. <laughs> you and I are being made more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Is that correct? Yeah, we're good with that, yeah? So we should be. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, here's a question for each and every one of us. When we think of what we're being transformed into, into the likeness of, what do we actually think? What do we picture? What do we see? Because I reckon that some of us, probably just me, our focus is a little out. 
Do we see what John saw? I'm going to share a scripture in a minute. See, John, the disciple John, walked with Jesus while he was here on earth, yeah? He was the disciple that leant on Jesus' chest, yeah? Or as the King James would put it, on his bosom. Just doesn't sound right. I'll stick with the NIV or the Andrew translation, on his chest. Lent on his chest. John himself writes that Jesus loved me. Finnegan, really? I wonder if, you know, Peter and John would have gone fisticuffs if, you know, Peter had known what John was writing. Oh, he loved you. Well, he loved me more than you. He told me to get behind him. Never said that to you. That's because he cares for me. I just wonder, you know, do you ever want... The other wonder. Do you ever just wonder what it was like to be in amongst, you know, these brash men walking with Jesus? I do. Anyway, so here's John, yeah? John knew what, he knows what Jesus looked like. He rested with Jesus, you know? John 13, 23, the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Some would suggest it's James, but I'm going with John. So John knows Jesus. He knows what Jesus looks like. But we get to this we get to this part where he has a revelation in Revelation, yeah? And this is where I reckon our focus is out. This is where I reckon we, we up the ante a little bit, yeah? Because in Revelation 1.13, John sees him and now it's completely different to when he walked with him. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Revelation 1, verse 13 I'm reading from. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. Yeah? His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. Now, the next part's really important too because John was the disciple that actually rested on Jesus' body, on his chest, just came and lay on him, yeah? And then it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I was dead. There's this sense of awe and this sense of wonder that all of a sudden captivates John, the one that Jesus loved, yeah? But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid, I am the first and the last. I mean, this is a completely different picture of the Lord that he had when he was walking with him, yeah? All of a sudden he's filled with his awe and his wonder, this amazement. And I just want to put it out there that I think we have to get this picture. We've got to get this picture. This is the risen Jesus. This is a glorified Jesus. This is not Jesus meek and mild heading to the cross to be beaten and whipped. And the reality is that so many Christians, me included, can live a life at times where life just feels like it's beating us and whipping us. Yeah. But this is the ascended and glorified Jesus. And I love this, because listen to what John says in 1 John 4, 17. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, we are like Jesus. I love that, because what Jesus are we looking at? What Jesus do we picture that we're being transformed into He's, you know, into ever-increasing likeness into. What's the Jesus that we picture? Do we picture that beautiful painting that's on the internet right now with Jesus with his mousy brown hair, no scars on his face? Do we picture the Jesus that's still hanging on the cross with those big thorns and blood pouring out and, and, a, and a pierce in his side and, and holes in his hands? Do we picture that Jesus? Do we picture the Jesus that had a perfect robe that was seamless, that was walking the streets, but had dirty feet because of the sandals and the dirt that someone would wash? And occasionally, when he went somewhere, couldn't do miracles because, hey, his hometown just didn't honour him. What Jesus do you picture when you think about, in this world, we are like Jesus? Because this is a game changer. It, it seriously is completely different, and we have to be different. We're supposed to be different. See, I know this might be hard to understand, but you and I are being transformed into his likeness. And the likeness that we're being transformed into is his resurrected, glorified state. 
It's not the Jesus heading to the cross. It's the Jesus after the cross. And it's not just the Jesus coming out of the tomb where some people still have a picture where he's floating in the air and the light shines because that's what's been on television. It's not that Jesus. It's this Jesus that's got flames, his eyes, whose feet are like bronze, that when he speaks, it's like rushing waters, a mighty ocean. That's the Jesus that we're being transformed into. Man, that's power. That's glory. That's awesome. Now I can understand why a child would be like, falling over. Because that would cause a sense of awe and wonder in us if we realised that's who he is. That's what we're being transformed into. In this world, we are like Jesus. I love it. That's the picture. I think that's the picture we need to hold on to when we're going through stuff. When we're going through stuff, when you're going through stuff, when your emotions are screaming, that's the picture. Maybe that's the picture that we need to see when we're handing over our stuff, giving him our ashes for beauty, yeah? When we're giving him mourning and he hands over the oil of joy. Maybe that's what and who we need to realise is calling us deeper into a transparent relationship with him. We don't have to be secretive with that, Jesus. You know, I think of the awe and wonder of the faces in the video we watched, and that was beautiful, but I reckon that if, the, if it was about Jesus, that video was about Jesus, they were looking at the Jesus that was walking and heading to the cross. Yeah? That was beautiful. Wow. Wow, that's the Messiah. Awesome. Nice. Palm Sunday. You know, that's the Jesus that they... That video, I think, portrays, yeah? But see, last night, Mel and I, part of her birthday, we took the boys to Silver Circus. I don't know if any of you have ever been. Wow! That was, that was just like, wow! Apart from being in a tent, cold, on the grass, plastic seats, hard on your backside, you know, all that sort of stuff. Being everything overpriced if you wanted to buy anything there. You know, all that sort of stuff. $2 for a jam donut, where really that should be a dollar. Come on. You know, but you had the jam donut experience because when I bit it, it spilt, burnt my lip, went on my scarf. <laughs> so it, that was good. That was worth the $2, that experience alone. Samuel will tell you that it's not a jam donut unless you burn your lip. But some of the, some of the acts, like seriously, so the trapeze stuff was awesome. I was trying to get some video because I was using my spy watch. And anyway... Needless to say that it was, the quality wasn't up to scratch and I couldn't do that and not allowed to do that anyway, you know, right? Anyway, so some of the stuff was just amazing. They had this guy, um, Luke, what's that bike, that one-wheel bike seat thing? Is that a unicycle? Is that what it's called? This guy had a three-wheel unicycle. So a wheel on a wheel on a wheel. But the seat was up here. You had to see him jump how he got up there. Then he had this other thing like pedals on a wheel and he pushed the pedal and this wheel starts going around the stage so then he gets another one you know just a wheel and it's got pedals directly on it and he pushes it and these two wheels are running around the stage so he starts running behind one and he jumps on it while it's moving and starts pedaling this thing and starts chasing the other wheel so we were gobsmacked from the beginning yeah but then it got into some where they had this this ball of steel <laughs> seriously must be the size I'm going to say not quite the size of the stage but maybe, you know, three quarters of it, and they put motorbikes inside it. And they were riding around and around. Then they put a second motorbike inside it. And they're like, they're just missing each other. And my wife, Melanie, was like, (gasps) oh my gosh! And Samuel's going, mom, stop it. Like, she was freaking out. Then, Then the guy who runs it steps in the middle of the bikes and we're like, oh my goodness, like he's, he's taking his life into his own hands. Then he walks out and they bring in a third bike. And it, like it was just wild. We were totally captivated, totally in awe, totally in wonder. I went home, started Googling. I wanted to see some of the stuff, but it's just not the same on the screen. They had this other thing that had two wheels just going around and around. And there was guys like mice walking inside them. Then they were walking outside of these wheels while these things are going around doing all sorts of tricks. It's like, you guys are crazy. It was, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. It was, it was wild. 
It freaked me out. That should be what happens when we think about our God. Totally amazed. Totally wiped out. Totally gobsmacked. Yeah? It's like, oh my goodness. Like a child staring at the beauty of his king. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, Nath, check out his feet, the eyes. Oh man, oh, he's staring at me. <laughs> like, that should be us with him. Like, it just should be. Because it gets even better. Think about this. If that's the picture that we read in Revelation, I love Ephesians 2. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated with us, uh, seated us with him in the heavenly realms. So which Jesus is seated in the heavenly realms? Is it the Jesus before the cross? No, it's the Jesus of Revelation, yeah? The Jesus of Revelation is seated in heavenly realms. Who's seated with him in heavenly realms? We are. So when we're going through stuff, what Jesus should we be focusing on? Who's going to lift your spirits to think, my God is going to smash that out of the park? I... I don't want to be seated with the pre-cross Jesus. He was good. He was awesome. He was God-man. Yeah, Nothing wrong with that Jesus. But the resurrected, ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father Jesus, this is a whole nother level. This is a whole nother story. This is what we get transformed into with ever-increasing glory. Yeah. You know what's even better about that? That's the Jesus that's interceding for us. The one with the white hair, the one with the flames for eyes, the one with that, the voice that just booms like oceans. And you know what's even better than that? We're his ambassadors. I'm not an ambassador for this Jesus. I, I could be, but I'm an ambassador for this Jesus, the one that's over here. We're his ambassadors. We, we have the power that raised him from the dead, that brought him on this side inside of us. And everything that we do and say works from the overflow. I want to picture that. Man, when I'm sick or someone's sick and I need to lay hands on someone, I know Jesus can heal, but I know that even he had moments where he didn't. I'm going to come to the resurrected Jesus. I want him to be with me when I'm praying. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But again, maybe that's just me. Maybe because I've just discovered this place of awe and wonder that I, I just want to challenge you with. Yeah? Because that's where we should be living. You know, it helps put these words into perspective. And I want to close up because of the time. But Habakkuk 1.5. Look at the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Yeah? You, you getting this? What you've got to understand is the first four, first four verses... Habakkuk's complaining to God. He's angry with God. Life isn't what it should be. Life's not right for him. Life's not right for the people. People are suffering. He's suffering. He's in pain. There's all sorts of violence happening everywhere. He's just saying, God, this is a joke. You need to fix it. And you know what? By the way, you're not even hearing me. Yeah. And, and Father answers him in his crying out. He's crying out saying, I'm in pain. He's crying out saying, the world's a mess. He's crying out saying, there's no compassion. There's too much hurt. And Papa speaks to him and says, look, look. You know, he starts off that scripture saying, look at the nations. The word look means look intensely. Look, watch, be utterly amazed. He's saying, get ready to be gobsmacked. Get ready for me to freak you out. Get ready for me to blow your mind. Yeah? It probably helps when we're looking to God to know the Jesus that you want to look at that's going to blow your mind. Yeah? Just putting it out there. Nothing wrong with that, Jesus. He's the Son of God, yeah? But in his glorified state, we are like him in this realm, on this planet, in this earth, yeah? That's what we're being transformed into. See, Habakkuk didn't understand all of, all of God's answer to him because stuff still didn't go right after the prayer, but I'm, I'm not here to unpack that today. But what I'm wanting to touch on for us is if we don't have the right picture of who we're seated with, if 
we don't have the right picture of who's living inside us, if we don't have the right picture of who we're being made into his likeness, then if you're going to go away with anything, go away with this, then when Papa gives us an answer we don't understand, we won't truly believe that it's possible. Yeah, Habakkuk got an answer he didn't understand. We need to know who it is that we're seated with. We need to know who it is that lives inside of us. We need to understand and capture that because when we get an answer from Father that we don't understand, unless we have things in the right perspective, yeah, we're still playing pre-cross. We're still playing around pre-crucifixion. We're still pray, playing around the beatings and the bruisings and all everything that was needed so that we could live a life in relationship with him, so that he could put sin to death, yeah? Back then, now and forevermore, yeah? Doesn't have to do that again. Now in the glorified state is where we need to picture ourselves, is what we need to see, because then we will truly believe, even when we get an answer that we don't understand. Even when life doesn't make sense, even when we're going through stuff that we would wish not wish on our worst enemy and it doesn't make sense, if we have the correct focus on who we're seated with, who's interceding for us and who we're ambassadors for, we'll trust him in everything, amen? And when we have that picture, that picture, when someone says, I had an opportunity to speak destiny into that country, of course you did. Look at the Jesus that was with you, yeah? Look at the Jesus that went before you. I had an opportunity, I was able to do this, I did that, and I, I really believe that the, the way things pan out, I, I was able to speak de- a destiny into that, into that country. you damn right, girl, you did. You had glorified, ascended Jesus with you on your side, booming. thought the angels were good on Thursday. That's nothing, absolutely nothing to what's possible. You know, when life's crazy and everything around us feels like it's falling apart, which Jesus are you going to picture? You make the choice. Heading to the cross or ascended Jesus? You make the call. When you're hurting because something that's happened to you, do you take it to heading to the cross Jesus or ascended, glorified, seated in heavenly realms Jesus? The revelation that John, the very John that rested on his chest had, yeah? When all you need is Jesus, do you focus on heading to the cross, pre, pre-cross, or do you, do you focus on the one that's raised from the dead? Do you focus on the one who, whose hair is as white as snow? Yeah? Do you focus on the one that when you look at his eyes are like flames of fire looking into your soul? And last week when I was talking about the inner healing that each, I believe each and every one of us needs to be on in some part, yeah? Because it's a discovery even for that. Could it be easier and could it be an easier path to walk if we had a different picture of the one that we're walking with? You know, would I have more confidence if I realised when I go from glory to glory and strength to strength that I'm actually being transformed more and more into the glorious picture of Jesus? the one that John saw. Look at the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe and even if you were told. You know, he wants to do something in you and something through you. Something in this day that you're not going to believe even if I was to tell you or somebody else was to tell you. The Bible's really clear. Even if you were told, you won't believe it, you won't guess it, you won't, it's going to catch you by surprise. But this glorified Jesus is going to do something that's going to make you go, wow. You're going to be utterly amazed. That's what I want. I don't know about you. That's what I want. I'm selfish. Totally want that. Absolutely. I want to be like a kid with an ice cream. Nah, 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 nah. You know, like, I got it. Yes. He wiped me out this week. You should have seen what he did. Should have seen the word that I got. This was happening and Father did this. We prayed and bang, it just happened. Of course it did. We're never surprised. Isn't it funny in the Christian world that we're never surprised when the enemy attacks, when the enemy has a go, when the enemy tears you down. We're never surprised. 
But as soon as God does something supernatural, people, oh, it's a coincidence, it's this, it's that, yeah? Never surprised by the enemy, totally surprised by God. Come on. We're supposed to be wowed by him, yeah? And surprised in a sense that you are just so good, you know? On my birthday, I know I'm going to get a present. But I'm still surprised when I get one. Make sense? Yeah? So when Father answers Habakkuk, he's actually saying to him, expect a miracle. Look intently. Get ready. Expect a miracle. So the pain that you carry, God wants it. He's going to do a miracle. The hurt you feel, Papa's going to take it from you. He's going to do a miracle. Those deep, buried secrets that you've tried to forget because of the trauma it causes, when you remember, he wants it. He's going to do a miracle. The question is, will you let the glorified, ascended Jesus that's seated in, seated in heavenly realms, that you're seated with, that lives inside of you, will you allow him to do what he wants to do in you? And some of that's just going to be determined by you and your choice. What Jesus are you going to focus on? Why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray for us today. I want us to picture Jesus, the resurrected, ascended, seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes again because I want the Lord to do a work in us. I want him to shift what we see so that when we are struggling, because struggles do come, yeah, we can focus on the one that has defeated death, yeah? Focus on the one that is glorious. We sang it this morning. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a log and robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Right now, in this place, he's answering the questions you've asked. He's heard your cry. And he's just saying to each and every one of us, look, look, look intently. It's time to wonder. It's time to be in awe. I'm going to do a miracle that you've never seen before. I'm going to do a miracle that you never saw coming. I'm about to blow your mind. There are seasons when we'll not understand what God's doing, but in every season we need to know the one that is for us and the one that goes before us. Amen? So let's pray. Father, I want to claim the words of this song right now. May we never lose our wonder. Lord, may we never lose our wonder. Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child staring at the beauty of our King. Father, I ask today that you would just gently start to shift and change some of our mindsets, Lord God. There's nothing wrong with the Jesus that we pray to. There's nothing wrong with the Jesus that we focus on. But lift our eyes, Lord God, to the glorious one. Lift our eyes to the ascended one. Lift our eyes to the one that is now seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Lift our eyes to see the one whose, whose voice is like mighty oceans and waves crashing, whose, whose, feet are, whose feet are like bronze, whose face is like the sun in all its brilliance. Lift our eyes to focus on that one. That we may, Lord God, walk and talk with the glorious one in all of our circumstances, in all of our days, in all of our moments. And Lord God, when opportunities present themselves, Father, knowing who it is that we are focused on, knowing who it is that walks with us, that strengthens us, Lord God, Lord, we will not be afraid. We will be able to say, Today, I had an opportunity to speak into the destiny of a country. Today, I had the opportunity to speak into the destiny of a family. Today, I had an opportunity to speak into the destiny of my workplace. Today, I had the opportunity because of you, Lord God. 
So, Father, I ask that you would do your way in our hearts, that you would make the changes that are needed, that you would break off any of our thinking and, and doubting, Lord, that would cause us and then give us limited thinking, Father. Help us to dream so big, Father, that the picture of the glorious Lord would be so natural, <laughs> not supernatural. So, Father, have your way today. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in the life of Mount Clear Church of Christ. Have your, have your way in the life of our community right through all of our suburbs. Father, as we encounter people, may they encounter the glorious risen King. May our lives never be the same again. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. Our thanks are never enough, but we say thank you in Jesus' name. And all these people said, give someone a glorious hug. Give someone a resurrected Jesus kiss. Give someone something that they need in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.